Please keep this in mind. Christianity without Christ equals nothing. It becomes a shell of what it really should be. Christianity minus Christ equals nothing. It becomes a shell of its real self. And Paul might have been thinking of Christless Christianity in a passage like 2 Timothy 3 and verse 5 when he spoke about having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. The Son of God is the Son concerning which our entire life revolves. And even as Christians, it's easy to lose sight of that sometimes. It's easy for maybe some aspect of Christianity to become what our life is all about. I suspect that for some Christians, truth is what their life is all about. Truth. And they will quote a passage like John 8, 32, about you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They'll talk about the necessity of believing and loving the truth, 2 Thessalonians 2, 8 through 12. I have no problem with that, nor should you, but it's possible to emphasize and live so emphasizing and stressing truth that we lose sight of Christ, who is the embodiment of truth. He's full of grace and truth, John 1, 14 through 18. And while you cannot love Jesus without loving the truth, you can love truth without properly loving Jesus. How's your life look? Is Christianity your life? Your entire life revolves around Christ. I think to some in the church, maybe their life revolves around service. Serving others. And they might refer to passages like Galatians chapter 5 and verses 6 through 8 about Serving in love. In love, serve one another, Galatians 5 and verse 13. Having a faith that works through love. It's so important to serve God and to serve others. After all, Jesus said, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me in Matthew 25. But one can have a desire to serve, a spirit of service and lose sight of Jesus. And then service is just good acts of kindness to others. Jesus, when we think about service, is the embodiment of service. Philippians 2, 5 through 9. He left heaven. He came to earth to serve. And while service is really important, we can get so wrapped up in serving, we lose sight of the Savior who serves. How about worship? 
We can talk about the avenues and expressions of worship and praying and studying and giving, the Lord's Supper and the like, and these wonderful expressions of worship. And well, we should emphasize them and we can talk about Scripture and God's Spirit. We must worship Him in spirit and in truth, John 4, 23 and 24. And yet we can pay attention to all of the expressions and the avenues of worship and lose sight of the very one that we're to be praising. Jesus. Who ought to be the object of our worship as the Son of God. Revelation 5, 8-14. Yes, to truly know and love Jesus and to have a Christ-centered life is to properly emphasize truth and service and worship. All because of Him. Now, what did Paul say after all? For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Some people in the church might emphasize fellowship. Man, Christian fellowship is wonderful. Just being together. And being brothers and sisters and part of the family of God and being able to encourage each other. And all of that's good. But you can almost have fellowship without having Jesus. And you have nice friendship, but you don't have the Lord. Truly our fellowship is with God the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. 1 John 1, 3. Short lesson. I went long last Sunday morning preaching, and Adam went long last Sunday night talking about Mexico. So, two short sermons today, all right? But a lot to think about. Life in Christ. We have life through Christ, on Christ, in Christ. Remember each one of those prepositions. We have life through Christ, on Christ, in Christ. Let's look at each one. Through Christ, our mediator. Through Christ, our mediator. And when we talk about mediator in this particular study, we're looking at the term in its broad form. And we're really talking about Jesus as God-man. God-man. What I'm going to do as we look at each one of those three prepositions, those thoughts that have to do with our life in Jesus, our life is through Jesus on Jesus, and in Jesus, through Jesus. I'm going to give you a passage, then I'm going to explain the concept, and then we are going to look at another passage that really illustrates it well, all right? Here's a passage, John 14, verse 6. Through Jesus, our mediator... Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. That word through, market, in John 14, 
and verse 6. It's a word that is found literally hundreds of times in the original language in the New Testament. No one comes to the Father except through me. You may have the term by in your particular version. Here's what the idea means. There is a distance between God and man, isn't there? There's a distance between God who is absolutely perfect and awesome. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9. And there's a distance that needs to be bridged. The mediator Jesus does that. There's a distance problem. There is a a need to know what God is really like. And all of the prophets of the Old Testament and all of the men of God of the Old Testament, as great as they were, they were still men. Fully men. Even great men like Moses and Abraham. Scripture tells us something about sin in their lives. God has in these last days spoken by or through His Son. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. God-man. There is one mediator between God and man, Himself the man, Jesus. 1 Timothy 2, verse 5. He's the mediator of a better covenant. Hebrews 9.15, he bridges the gap, the distance between God and man, and puts us hand in hand. He reveals what's God, what God is like. If you've seen me, he said, you've seen the Father, John 14.9. He rescues, he delivers, he saves. No man comes to the Father but through me, the Lord said. There's an explanation how he's the mediator, how he as God-man perfectly relates to God, perfectly relates to man because he became man yet without sin and how he can make the distance, he can bring us together. How he shows us God. How he saves. Now, turn to Romans, the fifth chapter. Because few passages illustrate Jesus, our mediator, and what he does for us as God-man in bridging the gap, in showing us the Father, in making salvation possible. And you're going to see that Salvation is about Jesus through and through. Through Jesus, our mediator. Look at Romans 5, 1 through 11. Look first of all at verse 1. It is through Jesus Christ our Lord that we first of all, see verse 1, have peace with God. Do you see it? Through Jesus, we have peace with God. Now look at verse 2. 
It is through Jesus that we have access by faith into grace in which we stand through Jesus. It's the same word over and over in Greek, and ideally it would be translated through in your particular translation, though you may have the word by in some of the passages. By or through means pretty much the same, doesn't it? Go down to verse 9. Through Him we are saved from wrath. Through Him we're saved from wrath. What a, what a distance has been bridged. What a gap has been removed. Keep looking at verse 10 and verse 11. Through His death, we are reconciled to God. Through His offering, through Him, we can rejoice in God. And through Him, Jesus, we have received reconciliation. Do you see that in verse 11? Paul is talking about Jesus through and through. Our great mediator, God-man. Secondly, on Christ. Our life is built on Christ, our foundation. Look at Matthew 16, 18. Matthew 16, 18. It's a well-known passage to many of you. Jesus said, upon this rock, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. On this rock or upon. The word in the original language is epi, E-P-I in our spelling, on. It has to do with foundation. It has to do with structure. We have life through Christ. We have life on Christ as our foundation. Tim read in our scripture reading Ephesians 2, 20 through 22, being built on the foundation of the law and the prophets, Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. 1 Corinthians 3, 11, other foundation can no man lay other than that which is laid, Christ our Lord. On Christ. Now think about really what that means. It means that we rest in His work. We rest in His work, what He does in making salvation possible. We rest in that. Secondly, it means we trust in His promises and we act with loving obedience. If your life's built on something, 
You trust in that. And you act in loving obedience. But when you talk about building on something, you ever gone through one of those remodels? Uh, our house has been in a state of remodel for, we've lived here for 19 years, for 18 and a half. But really a lot in the last couple of years. And it always costs more than you think, doesn't it? And it generally takes longer than you planned. Would that be true? But we can always think about on Christ our foundation and we can rest in His work. We can trust in His promises and seek to lovingly obey Him and we can build our faith upon His instruction. That is a lifelong process, isn't it? He's still working on me like the kids sometimes saying. Passage. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 8. Let this passage illustrate it quickly. 1 Peter 2, 4 through 8. And what Peter's doing is saying how awesome it is to really be the people of God. But what he does is combine two Old Testament passages in 1 Peter 2, verses 4 through 8. And he talks about Jesus and how he is precious and chosen. And that whoever calls on his name shall not be ashamed. It's quoting Isaiah 28, 16. Whoever calls upon or on his name shall not be ashamed because they can be part of the people of God, verses 4 through 8 is really saying. Then he quotes Psalm 118 and verse 22. And Peter, it just seems to me, is one of those guys that if he cut himself, he would just be bleeding Bible. Because he's thinking about the Old Testament constantly, it seems, and how Jesus fulfills the things of the Old Testament. And so he quotes Psalm 118 and verse 22, and he talks about the stone that was rejected. Doesn't that sound so much like Jesus? Rejected by his own people when he came, yet he has become the chief cornerstone on which we base our very lives and our eternity too. On Christ our foundation. All other ground is what? Sinking sand. Through Christ, our mediator, on Christ, our foundation. Third, in Christ, our life. In Christ, our life. Look at Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. In Christ, our life. 
through Christ, our mediator, on Christ, our foundation, in Christ, our life. When a person is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17, they have a new status. They have new life. The old things have been done away. That person's a new creation, new status, new life, and they become part of a new community. Let me show you what I mean. Turn in your Bibles to Romans and let Romans illustrate this. Turn to Romans chapter 6 and look especially at verses 3 through 5. When a person comes to Jesus in faith and baptism, they have new life. A death has taken place. And new life is enjoyed. There is new status. There is the idea of having been in sin, lost, to in Christ, saved. And turn just a few pages over in the book of Romans to Romans 16 and look at verses 1 through 16 because that's one of those passages where Paul mentions a whole lot of names. A whole lot of people's names. Romans 16, 1 through 16. In Romans 16, at least 27 different names are mentioned. And here in these first 16 verses... Many of them are mentioned with the expression in Christ, somewhere to be seen. In Christ. It's a community. He's talking about Christians. People who are Christians are people who have new life, new status and are part of a new community in Jesus. Isn't that marvelous? Now turn to Romans 8, and we'll close with this passage. Look at verse 1, and look at verse 39. In, in. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in See it? No such thing as Christless Christianity because in Christ there's life. On Christ there's a foundation for living and for eternity. And through Christ we have God's perfect revelation. The chasm has been removed between God and man and we have a perfect revelation of what God's like through the Son, Jesus. Their salvation. Look at verse 39. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When one gets in Christ, there's no longer any condemnation And when one continues to trust in Jesus and obediently and lovingly and humbly follow Him, 
Nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus either. In Christ, our life. On Christ, our foundation. Through Christ, our mediator. You need somebody. You cannot relate to God on your own. You and I need Jesus. Some people don't like the idea of a mediator at all. Why can't I just go straight to the person? We're not qualified. That's why. We need Jesus. To build our life on Him and to know real life in Him. Do you? Do I? It comes only by responding to His love and grace, by lovingly and humbly yourself obeying His message. In faith and repentance and baptism, have you done this? And for those of us who are Christians, how about us? I think we can get wrapped up in fellowship, wrapped up in service, wrapped up in praying and thinking about others, but we can lose sight of the greatness of Jesus who gives us everything that we need to make sure we can do the other things, to worship and praise and serve and evangelize. Let us stand and sing.